We want to welcome all of the, those of you who are joining us uh, through the live stream or on the, on the cast. So we thank you, and uh, to those of you who are here and are receiving an offering, uh, the offering plates are around. If you would like to make a check out and mail it to Wimber Assembly, Box 361, Wimber, PA 15963. I had someone commenting on, uh, on you know, again, it, it's out there in public, so people can make comments, and they were belittling the fact that we would ask for money. Well, I, you know, we are grateful that God has blessed us, and God wants us to be faithful with what's in our hands. He doesn't ask uh, only what uh, our tithes and an offering. So we ask that also of, of you, that God would bless you. And if you would give to this church or another church, that you are receiving spiritual um, feed, food from, uh, then give to them. But we are grateful that you are here watching us today and being with us. The title of my message is, Who is Your Counselor? Who is Your Counselor? Now, Whenever we think of a counselor, it really, uh, the, the definition of it is a person trained to give guidance or personal, social, or psychological problems. So a person who is trained to give guidance. Well, every one of us receive information. We receive information whether it's by reading it, by listening to it on the radio, or by watching it on TV. We are receiving and interpreting information that comes into our lives. But um, I get right to the point of it is, and, and who is it that we hate, <laughs> dislike, that we really strongly have an opinion about? And generally, we will listen to, read, or allow those things to be continue to be imparted or filtered into our lives. And if uh, you say, well, there's really no one I, I hate. Well, what if I said Trump or Pelosi? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, immediately we have feelings. Uh, all right, immediately we have feelings. And you see, we have been trained. We have been given guidance <laughs> personally, socially, by the information that we have in our lives that we receive. And I was looking up brainwashing, <laughs> okay? Well, brainwashing is the process of pers pers um, pursuing someone to adopt radically different beliefs. Well, you know, we're, we're you know, Democrat, Republican, or neutral, we, you know, we have those, whatever. But the, one of the definitions I thought of was, or that was on this list is, the inability to think critically or independently to allow the introduction of new, of <clears throat> the introduction of new thoughts. <laughs> the introduction of new thoughts. I remember one of, our, one of the gentlemen in our church years ago used to say, don't confuse me with the facts, my mind's made up. And so I think sometimes it's that way with our views, whether, you know, and I'm not choosing one or the other, I'm just saying we have them. And it's been difficult to discuss varying opinions because we automatically know what we believe and that we are correct, and we have listened to our counselors. <laughs> we have been listening to our counselors. 
whether it's, again, the TV, the radio, the newspaper, the articles that we read, the magazines. We've been listening to our counselors, and so therefore we know because they have been giving us guidance on what we should believe and why we should believe this. So when I say hateful, that whenever we, you know, the two things you don't discuss are religion and politics. <laughs> you know, why? <laughs> because everybody's got their mind made up and you can't introduce new thoughts. Well, the, the scripture says, and I always, I always love this one, it's, it's in the Old Testament, it says, God says, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as wool. God tells us to come and reason this. Can you, can you figure this out, guys, that you have... Your sins are red like crimson scarlet, but they shall be as white as wool. Let's figure this out. And God says, come now, let us reason together. God is willing to introduce new thoughts <laughs> into the, can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, you're not an old dog. It's as simple as that. You're not an old dog. So it doesn't mean you have to change your opinions. I'm not trying to get you to go one way or the other. I'm just trying to get us to understand the emotions that are attached to our views. Now, in the time of Jesus, the Romans ruled. And <laughs> there was martial law all the time. And there was rebellion. If there was rebellion on the people uh, that were under the domination of the Romans, there was uh, tortured, they were prisoned, they were crucified. That's one way to deal with rebellion. <laughs> you know, you kill your enemy. But Jesus taught that if your enemy, and this was, this was a Roman law, that if you're a Roman soldier could take you and uh, a common citizen, and he could make you, force you to carry his armor one mile. Jesus said, if you take it one mile, go two. You see, their attitude towards the Romans and their attitude towards their <laughs> people who were dominated them and unwanted rulers in their, in their country, that they were to look at this and they were to, the scripture says, to pray for those who despitefully use you. To don't curse them, pray for them and pray that things would go well for you, go well for them, that it might go well for you. So, whether in the, in, well, in the next few months, uh, this uh, political arena is going to continue to heat up. But this isn't my message. It's just an just introduction. Is a sense of we have an opinion. And we know what our opinions are. And we know why they, we have them. But, the, uh, but forcing ourselves to build barriers that will not allow us to have new thoughts. That's where we have difficulties. And when I say, who is your counselor? Who is it that's building those barriers? And who is it that is surrounding you with these, these walls of protection that you will not allow thoughts to enter into your life? Well, John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we spoke on the first part of this verse, and I want to thank Terry. <laughs> And uh, Rob uh, and Glenda for doing Sunday school and Rob speaking and Terry speaking while we were away. We had a wonderful time with our son and 
uh, being with uh, there in Missouri and, and being protected or whatever, staying in our, in our little shroud of things. But um, we're grateful for those who were able to carry on and keep going on with our services and keep the message going. But the, the scripture today is in John, begins in John chapter 14, verse 15. He says, Jesus says this, he's continuing this talk. Now, I read this, um, I never knew this before, new thought. These chapters, uh, chapter, I think it's 14 and 17, 14, 16, somewhere in there. I have it somewhere else in my notes. But these, these chapters were spoken by Jesus when they left the um, Last Supper and they were going to Gethsemane that some commentaries, some scholars believe that that's when this, these, these, the teaching that Jesus had here and what he's telling them, that he is, he is giving this to them as kind of the last message before everything seemingly falls apart, before Gethsemane and his arrest and his crucifixion. So as we look at this and we begin to see, you know, one, I, I, if you were going to give somebody your last words, if before you left, you had an opportunity to, to leave them with something that was going to help them go through what was yet to happen. See, I, I look at this, what's going on in our arena today, and uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned because we are so consumed by, you know, decisions that are earthly. Well, and, and we are consumed with the, the political climates and around the world and even in our nation. But there are, there's more coming. This is just the beginning. You know, if we, we've been doing this study on Revelation in, on Wednesday night, and we have it next, next Sunday in Sunday school. But there is an end time coming. Now, I don't know. I'm not saying it's coming next week or today or it may be six years from now or 60 years from now. It may not be. It may be tomorrow. We don't know. But I'm saying that there is difficulties and there is times in which there are rulers who are coming who will intimidate, who will sway public opinion, who will use and manipulate the marketplace, the, the social media, and so on to try and get everybody to conform to a certain one-way system. Almost like if you study anything about World War II and Hitler and uh, Nazism and Germany, you have this sway of ideas that begin that you treat other people in a way that is derogatory and condemning and they don't matter. You can take what they possess and so you have, that's another story. But Jesus says, if you love me, you will do what I command. The command that Jesus has for us is, is our, it's in our best interest. God loves us and he would only want us to do what's best for us. So he gives us some guidelines. He gives us guidelines, not the Ten Wishes, but the Ten Commandments. 
and that they are given to us to protect us and provide for us. So he's introducing our thoughts and our behavior, and he's wanting us to have his interest, God's interest at heart, because God has our interest at heart. There was uh, John Maxwell, he's, uh, uh, um, well, look him up, he's a, um, oh, what is he? Um, a good, positive thinking attitude, you know, um, running corporations, and, you know, he's got numbers of books and so on. But one of his, what's that? Motivational speaker, and, and it's more of the, I mean, it's business and the whole work. And he says, what offends me only weakens me. What offends me only weakens me. And being offended means that we are upset, annoyed, resentful. We, dis, we are displeased, we are hurt, we are angry. <laughs> upset, you know, going back to that. So what offends me only weakens me. So as we are challenged, Jesus is not offending us by telling us, don't steal, don't kill, don't bear false witness. He's not offending us. He's trying to protect us. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, which is the Holy Spirit. Jesus says it is one, he is the one just like a me. Whenever it says the word another means that Jesus is saying one who is me will be here. So whenever we have the Holy Spirit, we have Jesus. When we have Jesus in our heart, we have the Holy Spirit in our life. And, and the Holy Spirit is there to help us to be our counselor. Well, the counselor has to have foundational um, experiences, foundational advice, foundational grounds for us to be counseled. People who have no foundation have very little counsel because they're always going in different directions, whichever way the wind blows. So, and, and then the counselor, with meaning the Holy Spirit, is also translated as comforter, encourager, and advocate. So whenever we have the Holy Spirit, we have a counselor, one who is using the Word of God, teaching us what the Word of God means in our life and in our everyday experiences. That he is our counselor, our helper, our friend. Verse 17, the helper is the spirit of truth. So when the Holy Spirit, who is our counselor, our advocate, our uh, encourager, he is this powerful person who is on our side working for us and in us. God is never against us. Too many times I, I, I run into people who feel that God is against them. You know, look what's happened in my life. Look at what's happened in this world. Look where I was born. <laughs> look at my neighborhood. Look, no, God is never against us. He's always for us. And he's trying to move us from where we are to where he wants us to be. So the Holy Spirit is the very presence of God within us. Here in your presence, I am undone. I mean, in the presence of God, all the things that I have surrounded myself to protect myself in my views of life and the world and religion 
that I have all these things solidified, that I'm, I'm uh, impregnable, in the presence of God, I am undone. That these things won't take us into eternity. They can hardly get us through the day. The people of the world, this continues verse 17, the people of the world cannot accept him because they don't see him or know him. The people of the world, non-believers, people who are unwilling, you know, I don't need religion. Well, we're not talking about religion. We're talking about Jesus Christ. We're talking about a relationship with God where the counselor, the Holy Spirit, is abiding within us, and he's the one who brings us peace and strength and comfort and counsel. It's not a belief system. It is a person, the person of Jesus Christ, and what he teaches us in his word that brings to us this security. You see, the world rejected the commandments. The world rejects, we got to get rid of the Ten Commandments. You know, we can't have those things in our, in our, in our society and in our courthouses court and in our public places. Well, it's a rejection of rules. It's a rejection that there is an authority greater than our own. Jesus declared about the, himself and the Holy Spirit, but you know him, and he lives with you, and he will be in you. When he, the Holy Spirit, comes to be with you, Jesus says, I'm leaving. Now, this is on the way of it, you know, again, this is the commentaries which think, suggest, he's leaving the Last Supper, he's on his way to Gethsemane, and he's telling the disciples, I'm leaving you but I'm sending you another comforter. I'm sending you one just like myself, okay? And Jesus says, you know him. <laughs> Wait a minute, huh? We know him, we know. But he says he, he lives with you, and he will be in you. So the movement is from Jesus walking with the disciples and being their counselor and being this one. You see, um, the, the Holy Spirit is God himself living and walking with us and, and encouraging us and giving us insight, insight into the information that we receive, into the surroundings that we have put ourselves in, that the, we're intol our intolerance of, of people who differ from us, our hatred, our belittling, our verbal bashing, <laughs> It's not what Jesus, you know, if there was anyone who could have been verbally bashing, it would have been Jesus over the Romans, <laughs> you know, because of their actions and attitudes. But Jesus says that the Spirit, in the Spirit of God himself, will come and care for you and guide the believers. He lives with us, the Holy Spirit, and he is in us. He teaches us. The Holy Spirit reminds us of the word the scriptures. He convicts us of sin. He shows us God's righteousness. He announces God's judgment on evil. He guides us into all truth. He gives us insight into the future events. 
honesty, we don't need to be upset or, well, we need, yes, we can be upset over things that don't go the way we want them to, but ultimately, we are in God's hands, and God will have his way and his will, and we need to trust him, and, but we need to do our part where we are at and do our thing, but not be hateful and bashing and destructive. We need to pray for one another. We need to pray for our government and pray for those in leadership. I think we bash more than we pray, but we should pray more than we... Well, we should keep our mouth shut whenever we're bashing. <laughs> no, we wouldn't be bashing. The Holy Spirit brings glory to Christ. So, you see, how can good things and bad things come out of the same place? <laughs> Good water and, uh, and tainted water. How can it come out of the same place? God is saying, don't let it happen. Let only the good come out of your life. Now, it's all right to be <clears throat> analytical. It's all right to look at things and examine them, tear them apart, and look at them and say, well, if we do this and this, this is the way it's going to go, and we can have our opinions, but somebody else may see it a different way. We don't have that kind of camaraderie where we can discuss but the Holy Spirit came to live in all believers, and the Holy Spirit gives a whole new way to look at life. So, who is our counselor? <laughs> Verse 18. Jesus says, I will not leave you all alone like an orphan. I will come back. You see, these are the same, that, that same phrase as in John, the verse... The <clears throat> Excuse me. In verse 3 of chapter 14, he says, After I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. The assurance is Jesus is telling us, I will come for you. That when the time arrives, when the trump of God shall sound, Paul says this, when the trump of God shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. Jesus says, I'm coming back. But until I come back, I'm going to be with you in the, in the Spirit, Holy Spirit abiding within you. Verse 16, in a very short time, the people of this world will not see me anymore. Now, you look at that verse, and, uh, and, and, and then it goes on and says, but you will see me. You will live because I live. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're thinking, okay, wait a minute. Jesus, you're the Messiah. You're going to set up a kingdom like David. You're going to sit on a throne. These are the disciples, you know. And the world's not going to see you, but we'll see you. And there's like, uh, we don't get this. <laughs> That's what the, they're, they're, they're saying. Uh, they, they're just not going to figure out how this all goes. But to have the Holy Spirit is to have Jesus himself in us, and we're going to know him by the Spirit and by the Word. The Word will teach us in our hearts and our minds, in a spirit that will make it real. Verse 20. On that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you will know that you are in me, and I am in you. I think this verse is, should be one that we recite over and over and over again. Jesus says, I am in the Father. And he also says that he is in us and that we are in Christ. Whenever we look at our life, God is in us and we are in God. 
the power and the influence and the integrity <clears throat> and the blessing and the strength that is in our words and in our prayers is beyond what we can imagine because God spoke the world into existence. And now that same word is abiding in our hearts and lives and tells us to pray for people, to pray for our needs, to praise God and thank him for his goodness in our life. That if we understand that I am in God and God is in me, does God want me thinking this way? See, who is my counselor? My counselor is the word of God. The Holy Spirit is the one who is interpreting that word to our life. And hatred, and bitterness, and bashing, and destructive tendencies. Into, that's not love, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, forbearance. It doesn't say anything about weakness. It doesn't say about being walked on. It says that we are able to stand up in the strength of the Spirit. Satan himself cannot come against us because of whose we are. God is in us. We are in God. And that power and that presence in your presence, we are undone means that everything that I think that makes me strong and going to make me successful, it's going to make me important, they just kind of fall away because God has a different perspective of success. God has a different perspective of what is truth and life and liberty. What is, what is the goodness of our lives and how that we are to share it? Do we know the power that lies in our prayers? Do we know the power that lies in our thinking and how that we can formulate those thoughts that even our groanings Anybody been groaning lately? <laughs> Even our groanings, our God interprets them as our prayers. Verse 21, those who really love me are the ones who do not only know, not only know my commands, but also obey them. We obey them not out of fear of punishment, but out of love, knowing that God knows what's best for us. My Father will love such people, and I will love them. I will make myself known to them. So it's in the doing and the, and the keeping of the commands that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, makes God known to our lives. And as we know God, as we know Him, He is a friend, He is a companion, He is a counselor advocate he's one who walks with us he never abandons us like an orphan i will be with you always i will come again you see the the, the assurance of his word speaks over and over in our lives and and it's not a religion it's a relationship verse 22 then judas not as scary says lord how will you make yourself known to us how will you know, how will you make yourself known to us and not everybody else? He's, you know, it's not, <laughs> did any of you ask that question? <laughs> well, you're not alone. 
Jesus answered, all who love me will obey my teaching, and my Father will love them, and my Father and I will come to them and live with them. Love and keep his teachings. He comes to us in his word. He comes to us and expresses his love to our lives. Jesus will keep his word. He has given to us many promises. He will keep his word to us. Can we keep ourselves in a relationship with God where what he says to us is important, we obey it? You see, in our obedience, we find that God is seeking our best interests. And that in seeking our best interests, he gives to us the Holy Spirit, makes real to us the promises. If you knock, seek, I will answer. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. You see, that there is a presence, verse 24. But anyone who does not love me does not obey my teaching. They're foolish. This teaching that you hear is not really mine. It is from my Father who sent me. And what's going on here is Jesus is saying, I'm coming and we're going to Gethsemane. And what's going to happen is I'm here to fulfill the will of my Father because I have my deity, my godness, I have set aside. So I am here. And my heart and my life is open to the Father. And the Father speaks into my life. And I say and do what the Father wants me to. I've come to do the will of my Father. Jesus says to us, I've come to do the will of Christ. We are in subject to a higher authority. And the Holy Spirit teaches us these things. Verse 26, but the helper will teach you everything and cause you to remember all that I told you. I wonder if that works for dementia. (laughs) I wonder if that works for the, I forgot that. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit will teach you, and yes, it does work. It does where I I remember back years ago this group they when they were um, they had escaped from Russia whenever they before the curtain uh, the wall was torn down and they would take Christians and put them in psychiatric wards and give them medications to erase their memories they didn't know if they were a man or a woman a boy they didn't know anything but there were many of them that could still quote scriptures. They could take away their mind, but they couldn't take away what was in their soul. And you see, in our life, there's not, we're not to allow anything to, to rob our soul of the strength that God has given to us. No matter what we say in our head, no matter what political association we have, no matter what religion we have, we are to allow the Holy Spirit to speak the word of God into our hearts and minds so that the relationship with Jesus is greater and gives to us strength And in his presence, we find love and we find the grace and the strength we know to move through all the things that we face. Jesus says, I leave you, verse 27, I leave you peace. 
It is my own peace I give you. I give you peace in a different way than the world does. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. John 14.1, don't be troubled. Trust in God, trust in me. From beginning to end in this chapter, he's talking back and forth about how the trust, how that there is a security that we do not need to be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am leaving. But I will come back to you, verse 28. I will come back. I will come back. (laughs) If you love me, you would be happy that I am going back to the Father. (laughs) Verse 29. I told you this now before it happens. Then when it happens, you will believe. So what can we, uh, the Spirit tell us now? That when it happens, we will believe that God has spoken to us now. The Holy Spirit speaks to our lives. And what is it that we are praying for and believing for? That God tells us that when it happens, you will know that I spoke that truth to your life. The presence of the Holy Spirit is more than just a feeling. It is an understanding of life, of peace, of strength, of security, that this life and the things of this world are only here temporarily and they are all going to change. It's going to change in, in a greater way and, you know, the next things that go on are not going to be in the political arena. Probably it'll happen in the heavens. Because the Bible says at the end time that there are going to be signs and wonders in the heavens. So when that happens, don't be afraid. Because the scripture is already given to us that there is a place for us. And it's always in the hands of God. Verse 30, I will talk with you much longer. I will not talk with you much longer. The ruler of this world is coming, meaning Satan. And Jesus says, he has no power over me. Satan has no power over me. Let's go back. Jesus says, I am in the Father. Then he says, he is in us. And he says, I, we are in him. In Jesus, Satan has no power over me. Satan has no power over those who are in Christ. (laughs) Now, we know that Satan comes to tempt Jesus in the garden. (laughs) But the temptations are not the power over. God has the power over Satan. Verse 31, but the world must know that I love the Father. So I do exactly what the Father told me to do. And so Jesus tells us, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus has come to fulfill the will of the Father, and I do exactly what my Father wants me to. And Jesus, who has given all to us, says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then he says, come now, let's go. And if you think of this as the, of, as the travel between the Last Supper 
and Gethsemane, Jesus is saying to his disciples, let's go. It's time for me to go. See, we don't need to run from our obstacles. We do not need to hide from differing opinions. We do not need to build barriers around ourselves that keep other people and other thoughts out. You see, we are safe in the arms of our Father. We are safe knowing that God is with us. And so we now have the Holy Spirit who is here in us. He is in us. I am in the Father, Jesus says. You are in me. We are in this together. Satan has no power over me. The Holy Spirit then is here. He leads us into all truth. He gives us love and not hate. He gives us peace and not fear. He gives to us strength and not weakness. He gives to us knowledge, not confusion. He gives to us faith, not despair. I am with you always. Nothing can ever separate you from me. I will not leave you as an orphan. Don't be afraid. I am with you always. Father, we thank you as we commit our hearts to you. Lord, we, we commit our lives, we commit our economy, we commit our political opinions, we pol our political society. We commit all of this to you, Lord. It is in your hands, and we pray that you will help us to say and do and be the person you want us to be. Because you are in our lives and we want to be like you. Jesus, as you came to do the will of the Father, so we are here to do the will of Christ. We thank you for your spirit that teaches us these things. Let your Holy Spirit come into our lives and surround us. Let us know that you are with us and that you give us strength. God, you give to us peace and the security that not in things, but in the hand of God. We thank you for this. We pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you.